you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. And when the Son, therefore, has set you free, you are free indeed. Somebody ought to shout to the Lord. Did he turn you around? Has he placed your feet on solid ground? You ought to give him a shout of praise tonight. Hallelujah. Oh. Hallelujah. Thank God he did it. Job chapter 1. Well, I love those songs we're singing, Sister Cheryl. Hallelujah. I could have just stayed right there for a little while and rejoiced in the Lord. Hallelujah. Job chapter 1, and I'm going to read verse number 1. Job chapter 1, verse number 1. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. That man was perfect. There was a perfect man in the Bible. Contrary to popular belief, and that there were two perfect men. He was upright. And one that feared God and eschewed evil. Verse number six. And there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. And the Lord said back to Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there's none like him in all the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord, and he said, Doth Job fear you for naught? Are you kidding me, he said. 
Job doesn't serve you for no reason. Verse 10, hast thou not made a hedge about him? That's why Job's serving you. you you've made a hedge about him. He didn't, and about his house and about all he hath on every side. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. Catch this. This is, this is the words of Satan to God about Job. He's not serving you for nothing. You made a hedge about him and about his house. And all that he hath on every side, everything that he has, you built a hedge around. I can't touch anything that Job has. That's what he says. And all that he has, all, all around, everything. You've blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. By the help of the Lord, if you'll give me about 25 good minutes of help tonight, I'll get you out so you can get home and watch the halftime show. Unless the Lord takes over. And then you can take that up with the Lord. By the help of the Lord tonight, I'm going to preach into your hearing, God made a hedge. Look at your neighbor and tell him God made a hedge. How about another neighbor and tell him God made a hedge. Three or four neighbors around you, tell him God made a hedge and you can be seated. When Satan tried to steal Job's power with God, there were four things, four points of attack that, that Satan used against Job. First of all, he touched Job's finances. Everybody say, my money. The second thing that Satan did when he tried to steal Job's power with God was he touched Job's family. Everybody say, my family. The third thing that Satan did when the Lord removed the hedge and allowed him to get about Job is that he touched Job's health. Everybody say, my health. The fourth thing that Satan did When the Lord removed the hedge and said, you can touch everything 
but his life. Is he tried to discourage Job through those who were the closest to him. It was his very own wife that said, curse God and die. Everybody say my relationships. Apparently, Satan is not very original. Because as aged as the story of Job is, this is the way that Satan still tries to attack the people of God. Particularly those that are called of God and that have potential to be used in high level of ministry. But Satan could not touch Job because there was a hedge. And I would say the thing that ought to give you the most faith and cause Satan the greatest fear is when, when Satan has to admit to God there is a hedge. And I can't get through to him. Because unless God removes the hedge, Satan can't touch your finances, your family, your health, or your relationships. Unless God allows him to do so. And then he would only do it for the trying of your faith. But don't lose faith. He's not going to allow him to take you out. Because much like Job, I hear the voice of the Lord saying, you can touch everything he has for the trying of his faith, but you know the end before the very beginning. He's going to be found faithful, and I'm going to restore back to him in the end. And he's going to have more in the end than he had from the beginning. I didn't come into the house tonight just to fill a slot. I did not have time to build an eloquently formulated message. The Lord spoke what I just told you into my mind this morning in my office between the ending of a service in my weakness and before I got in the car and on my way to Lebanon and I wrote a few notes down while my wife drove and I got to Lebanon and that was about all I got wrote down between here and there because the Lord was speaking to me in the middle of that time. But I didn't come tonight just to fill a slot but I did come tonight to preach a word into somebody's hearing because I hear the Lord saying to many of you who have been going through many things and one and trying to make sense of what you're going through and you've been hit in so many ways that you never even expected and you, some of you have been hit harder than you've ever been hit before and I'm going to tell you it's not your imagination it is exactly what is happening but you do not have to live in fear God has a hedge about you and what the enemy is able to do to you is only because God has pulled back the hedge for the trying of your faith but God is still in control of even the trial that you're going through. Woo. 
I'm going to tell you why that the enemy is attacking you the way he is. Because the enemy knows that you are a great threat to hell and because you've got something that others don't have and because you may be walking with an anointing and have the attention of the enemy that others do not have but God's anointing has become a hedge about you and the enemy cannot get through to where you are because of the hedge that the anointing has built about your life, your family, your home, your finances, your health, your ministry. There is a hedge and God has built the head. It's the anointing that will break the yoke that is meant to destroy you. Maybe somebody I'm preaching to tonight is going through the fire right now. You're not about in it. You're right smack in the middle of it. Maybe you're in a place you've never been before. The struggle is real. You're fighting it, your finances, your health, your family, and your relationships. I don't know why God impressed that so hard, those four areas so hard on me tonight. And I'm just going to preach the same little one-point message over and over tonight until we get it. And then we'll all go on and, and we'll go ahead and, and, and get out of here tonight. But the sickness that has attached itself to you is only there because God has allowed it. He's put a hedge about you. He's, he's pulled the hedge back for the trying of your faith to see if you'll walk in faith. Debt's attached itself to you. Family problems have attached themselves to you. Fear has attached itself to you. And right now you feel like the devil's trying to take you out, and he is, but he can't. If he could, he would kill you, but he can't. Because Satan's not in control of life. God is in control of life. If the sickness in your body takes you out, it's because God had it planned that way. Satan didn't do it. Satan cannot kill you. This isn't really about you. It's about your anointing. Look at me when I'm preaching to you, Dylan. The battle's not about you. It's about your anointing. Young people, it's, it's, the, the struggle's not about you. The temptation in your life is not about you. The battle that you're fighting is not about you. It's about your usefulness in the kingdom of God. If you weren't useful and willing, the enemy wouldn't fight you and want you and go after you and try to attack you. Listen to me tonight. I'm going to preach right where you are. The reason the devil wants to get a hold of you is because Zach, he knows every time that my wife or I pick up a phone and call, they know that you're going to say, yes, I'll come. The enemy's going to fight you because he doesn't want to see that submission and that willingness and that usefulness. When you're faithful to the house of God and faithful to the work of God and faithful in everything, don't you think that that's going to exempt you? The devil will throw everything at you. He can possibly throw at you because he knows there is an anointing in you that can make a difference. He knows and he throws everything at you. You can. And when God holds back the hedge, 
that he made. He's proving to Satan himself that you are strong enough to come back and be greater than you were before. The enemy would like to destroy your faith. He'd like to prevent your peace and your joy. He tries to dampen your dreams and your aspirations and make you believe that you're never going to be useful in the kingdom of God. The devil is a liar. Listen to me, young man. You may be struggling with some things in your life. That struggle does not define your future. You ought to look at your neighbor right now and look them right in the eye and don't smirk when you say it, but tell your neighbor your failure does not define your future. The enemy wants you to believe that your failure defines who you are in the future. But I come tonight to tell you, you need to get back up from where you are and understand God has built a hedge about you and he believed in you and trusted you enough. You've got to put your feet on the ground and stand and look the devil in the face and say, get behind me, Satan. My failure will not dictate my future. I know, I know, I know, I know sometimes it feels like the devil's winning. But I want you to stop with me. The Apostle Paul said it like this. He said, stir up your pure mind by way of remembrance. Some of us tonight need to look back over our life and remember every time we failed God and he picked up the pieces and put our life back together and helped us to keep on keeping on. Somebody needs to make up your mind and understand that God has put a hedge about you. And the only reason the enemy came in, it doesn't make God a bad God, it makes God a good God. Because he knew what you were able to stand. You didn't know what you were able to stand. And you gave in to the, to, the, to the battle that the enemy has brought to you. When God knew already that you had what it, took to, what it was going to take to be able to win. But you gave in and you gave up. It's not God that gave up. It's not the Holy Ghost too weak. It's that you didn't realize the potential that God put in you. God would have never put re, re, removed the hedge and allowed Satan to come in and begin to fight you if he didn't know that you had what it I didn't say believe God knows that you have what it takes to win but you need to understand you've got what it takes to win and the reason the devil is fighting you on every side is because God made the hedge and God lifted it back for you to show the enemy he is defeated Some of you have let discouragement just control you. You've let what's happened to you control you. You've been lied on. 
falsely accused, rejected, lost your job maybe, your family maybe stabbed you in the back, you got sick, thought you were going to die. But listen, you're still here. And the only reason that you made it this far is because God put a hedge about you. The Apostle Paul found himself shipwrecked off of the coast of Melita. And there the Apostle Paul was bitten by a poisonous viper. Those who were familiar with that particular snake bite were expecting Paul to die. Paul, don't you understand that this viper is deadly? And no one has ever survived its bite. Well, this record is going to be broken today. Called Guinness's Book of World Records. Just because what you have been facing has killed other people doesn't mean it's going to kill you. You're not in this world with no hope. I saw a lady that doesn't know God in the way that we know the Lord make a post on Facebook some time ago dealing with cancer. And I was encouraged when I read through her, through her, uh, her statement. She said, it's stage four. It looks bad. The doctors are saying it's, it's, it's terrible. But I, I'm not in a point of worrying as those who have no hope. I said, my Lord, this lady has a revelation that some of us apostolics need to get a hold of. We have a hope that is not built in this world. That snake bite, Paul, is supposed to kill you because, and, and Paul declares, I'm not only gonna, go, going to, to survive, but I'm going to come out stronger and bolder and more anointed and more of a threat to hell than I have ever been before. Somebody needs to just remember where God brought you from. Look back at what he brought you through. He didn't bring you through all of that for you to be destroyed, but this... The God that brought you through all of that back then will bring you through all of this now. The God that brought you through that will bring you through this. Why don't you just say that with me? The God that brought you through that will bring you through this. Make it personal. The God that brought me through that will bring me through this. He's made a hedge about you. He's in control. That thing that you thought was going to take you out, that thing that looks so big to you, that thing that seemingly broke you, that thing that you thought you would never recover from is not here to destroy you. God has declared you are going to be victorious in the end. You have made it because God has made a hedge about you. You're going to come out the other side because God has made a hedge about you. Somebody needs to pause for a moment and just begin to give God some praise in the middle of your struggle, in the middle of your storm, in the middle of your battle and declare, I recognize the Lord may be lifted the hedge, but there's still a hedge about me. Yeah. 
Every time Paul looked down at his hand, he had to see the scars of that snake bite and be reminded, I lived through what killed other people. My Lord, have mercy. I could preach on that for a minute. I've been through some things in my life that would kill weaker men. But by the grace of God, I'm standing here tonight, and I haven't fought my last battle. I haven't been through my last storm, and you haven't either. If the trumpet doesn't sound, there's more battles to fight. There's more things to face. But God is in control because God made a hedge. I know it's painful, but it's not intended to be fatal. I know it's, it's, it's hurtful, but God's able to heal it. I know it looks bad, but God's able to turn it around. I know you're crying now, but joy is coming in the morning. Weeping may endure, but for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. Somebody listen to my voice. Maybe you, like Paul, just survived the sea and lived through a shipwreck, and now you're attacked by the deadly viper of Satan himself, and you're wondering, why me? What have I done? Why is all of this happening? I love God. I go to church. I tithe. I sow in the Lord's work. I read the Word. I live holy. I'm praying and I'm fasting, and none of this makes sense sense. I thought I was anointed. I thought the hand of God was on my life. All of that is correct. This is happening to you because you are anointed. Because God knows that you have what it takes to make it. It's because the hand of God is on your life. It's because you are a threat to hell. It's because you refuse to compromise. It's because you're lifting a standard of holiness in the middle of a perverse world. In the midst of a wicked and perverse generation. It's because you're walking in your school dressing holy it's because you're walking in your school and not cussing and lying and fornicating but you're standing up and declaring I'm going to stand for truth and stand for the Lord because there's a hedge and Satan's afraid of what God's doing in your life I won't be much longer Somebody say, thank the Lord. The anointing in your life makes you a target. Thank both of you. The anointing in your life makes you a target. If it seems like the devil has singled you out and all hell has broken loose against you, that means the devil has recognized your potential. You're anointed. And Satan knows it. But in the middle of everything that you're going through, there is still a hedge. And God is not going to put more on you than what you can bear. Because all he's going to do is speak one word and the hedge is going to close and Satan himself will be destroyed. I don't know a lot about Bible prophecy and the conclusion of the last, of the last segment of the world. But I do know enough to know this. That while Satan runs rampant to and fro, wearing out the saints... 
attacking the people of God, going after. Remember everything that he is doing. I heard somebody say, you know, they heard somebody preach one time that God had Satan on a leash. I'm not here tonight to tell you God's got Satan on a leash, but I am here to tell you that there is a hedge about a child of God. And the only thing that Satan can do to you is what God allows him to do by removing the hedge. And all God says is, I'm going to remove it to a certain point, but that point, it, there's, there's going to be defining parameters. And the only reason that God will allow Satan to come against you and attack you in those areas is because he knows what you are able to do. And he's trying to develop you and grow you for something greater to use you greater in ministry. And if you're going to go anywhere in ministry, you're going to have to endure some things. You're going to have to endure some hardness and endure some difficulty. And some people are going to talk about you and fight you and come against you. And not everybody's going to love you all the time. Dylan, I know you said today everybody loves you, but they don't. There's me, Mom. I don't even know. I'm not even going to speak for him. We put a pork chop around your neck and maybe find that maybe old Rip likes you. Not everybody's going to love you. Some attacks are going to come against your emotion. Some attacks are going to come against your health. Some attacks are going to come against your relationships. Some attacks are going to come against your family. Satan's not up to new tricks. It's old tricks. It's the same thing, Brother Duggar, that he came against Job way back then, that he's still fighting now. And we think we're the only one in the battle. We think we're the only one in the struggle. Look at what God did for Job. When Job refused to curse God and die, he kept the faith. He stood through the storm. And in the end, God said, I'll give you back everything that you lost. And I'll give you back more than what you ever had. I'm preaching to somebody tonight to tell you the devil is not the winner at the end. God is always going to be victorious and you are going to be better after the storm than you were before you got into it. If the devil, stand with me, if the devil would have known what you were going to be after the storm, he never would have bothered you. I wish I'd have thought of that. Satan thought he was going to kill you until he saw the hedge. He thought he was going to take you out until he saw the hedge. There is hope in your anointing. There is help in your anointing. Satan thought he was going to break you. He thought you would quit. But I'm going to tell you, I think it was Jesus that declared it like this. That any time that you're in his hand, that no man or woman, nobody can take you out. If you get out of the hand of God, it's because you take yourself out. There's nobody. You can't blame your failure on somebody else. It ain't nobody else's fault. Satan can't even take you out of the hand of God. If you refuse to quit, refuse to throw in the towel, refuse to let what you're going through define your future, there's going to be a point that Satan's going to have to have another conversation with God and say, ah, 
I see that family down there worshiping in Frankfurt. I, I, I've thrown everything at them that I could possibly throw at them. I've attacked their finances. I've attacked their family. I've attacked their health. I've attacked their relationships. God, you've got a hedge about them, and I just can't seem to take them out. Somebody say, that's me. I come tonight to tell you that Satan's not going to win. Somebody needs to put their feet on the ground tonight, look Satan in the eye and say, God's made a hedge about me. Come on, the pressure's just forcing us to another level. Your anointing's just going to go to another level. You're not going to die from what you're going through. You just got to shake it off and move on to the next level. Your testimony is going to go to another level. You're going to walk with greater authority than you've ever walked before. Your faith is going to take you places that you've never been before. More people are going to be healed than ever before. The anointing does not exempt you from the bite of the viper, but it gives you victory over the poison that the devil would like to put in your spirit and cause you to become bitter and cause you to become fearful and cause you to doubt. But in the name of the Lord, we will be victorious. The devil meant it for evil, but God is going to turn it for our good. Somebody ought to lift your hands in this room tonight and shout to the Lord right now and praise God with a loud voice right now. You may be under it, but you're going to be up over it in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody shout to the Lord. Shout unto God tonight with a voice of triumph. God has put a hedge about you. Shout with a voice of praise. Shout with a voice of praise.